0: Welcome to Rail Evolution, the podcast where we dive into the most exciting developments and innovations in the rail industry. I'm your host, Amos Barziv, and I'm thrilled to present our third episode, Intelligent Maintenance. In this episode, we are hosting Jason Laufer, Chief Strategy Officer at Railworks. We will discuss how maintenance will change in the next five to ten years and what needs to happen for this change to become a reality. Jason will share his thoughts and experiences, and we will talk a little bit about Railworks Inside application and how it could help change the industry. And I would like to thank Railway Gazette International and Railvision for their support. So Jason, can you share a little bit about yourself, you know, where you came from, what are you doing, what have you been doing?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I actually started interning in the rail industry at um, Adtrans Transportation, which eventually became Bombardier Transportation. I continued interning there through college. Got my uh, associate's degree from Penn State in Electrical Engineering uh, Technology. Ultimately, I you know finished my bachelor's degree. Went on to finish my uh, master's degree in business. Had a lot of different opportunities there. Um, you know, traveled the world. Uh, I've done uh, site deployment in. Um, various different parts of Asia, Europe, the UAE, U.S. and Canada, it, Bombardier, um, which was a fantastic experience. Further moved on to um, Alstom Transport. I, uh, I then did a, uh, about a 10-year stint at Talos Transport and Security in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, recently made the move onto the other side, Railworks, uh, is the chief strategy officer for Railworks, where I've been for the last six years. Been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to try to bring some technology flair to the uh, rail construction markets. It's been very exciting and a, and a good experience here at Railworks in particular.
0: That's quite a record, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. So everybody, uh, I had the pleasure of visiting one of Railworks facilities more than a year ago. It's where I had the opportunity of working closely with the Railworks team. And I have to say, Railworks really impressed me. Jason Laufer, how are you? Good, James, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. So uh, I appreciate you
1: having me on, Amos. And uh, actually, it was great hosting you guys in the great state of Texas. So I know that you guys left well-fed, and uh, we're very happy to have uh, visit us and very impressed with your technology. Um, But yeah, going on who Railworks is, so uh, we're the largest rail contractor in North America. We service uh, all 50 states in the U.S., all 10 provinces in Canada. Um, We have over 50 offices, about 3,500 employees. Billion dollars in revenue last year, which is a record for the company, and uh, looking forward to doing more here in the future.
0: Tell me, is it easy to inspect and maintain uh, a rail? So actually, the
1: way we do that is by having all of those smaller offices, because you may have a small commercial industrial uh, client that you know maybe has even less than a mile of rail, maybe a couple of spurs. You need to be pretty flexible size wise in order to be able to address you know those particular needs of that customer base but also we have areas where we're doing tie gang replacements of miles and miles and miles of class one track so it it really helps to be able to have kind of the scalability and flexibility to operate small but also operate large the other piece that we're starting to see kind of come into play is bringing in some of the technology aspects into the inspections but certainly it's a combination of both whereas primarily before a typical rail inspection would have a paper report that comes out of you know that particular area inspection it's provided to the end customer and they choose to to act on it at that point, but doesn't ca- capture a lot of the other ancillary sort of inspection pieces that you know would actually help them to operate and maintain their railway better. Um, that's hard to do by paper. Um, so, We've seen an influx of technology, Railworks does have its own technology piece that it brought in for actually digitizing those forms showing the end customers you know what we're seeing what's starting to get bad but not actually a violation of the rules at that point and actually help them kind of better maintain but certainly we're not alone in that aspect there are many different companies including real vision being one taking a look at applying technology vision systems camera systems we see lidar and then just actually regular visual camera inspections that are starting to come into the marketplace a lot of times from overseas but some from the the us that are starting to make their way in I and mean, i think The interesting point of that is almost regardless of the technology, although you can certainly install it on operating locomotives or passenger trains or what have you, it always requires that kind of service aspect of it to operate the system or install the system, maintain the system. It's an interesting mix as to how technology is coming into a primarily service heavy business and how a company like Railworks, who actually is primarily more on the service side of the business and not really on the tech side, how do we apply that technology and how do we get that out um, to our particular clients?
0: You're saying it's trendy to to take infrastructure, inspection, maintenance to to the future of, to, to make everything digitalized?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I'll tell you the, the most interesting splash, I guess you could say, that I've seen in the marketplace in a number of years was actually at the uh, ARIMA conference about a year ago in Denver. So prior to that uh and my my own background is actually more in the technology side of rail i was always the one on that side trying to push technology in you would be one of the far and few between that would be at a show like that um that's you know a little more railroad centric than passenger rail and what surprised not only me but another colleague of mine while we were walking around the arima show in denver was all of a sudden half that show was showing technology in the rail space. It could be things from monitoring landslides on the railway, it could be laser or LIDAR inspection, monitor and try to ultimately digitize um, asset management and things like that. So it really started to become apparent, um, I would say one to two years ago, Certainly, there's always a little technology flair, but I think a lot of times when you go to the shows now, there's an awful lot of technology that's starting to represented uh, there and really start to come to market and uh, you know be visible and seen a lot in the U.S.
0: That's very interesting. Would you say those companies primarily coming from the U.S. or Europe?
1: Um, I would say it's probably a mix, but certainly probably a lot of the technology is coming over from Europe. The U.S. or even Canada, for that matter, all of our different railways are are typically operated by individual, like city or state or provincial governments in those particular areas. So you you have a little less of the ability to go after, call it one entity, to try to bring new technology into something. Whereas in the U.S. and and Canadian markets, it's a bit more difficult to bring technology in because you have all of these operating entities. That you have a lot more entities to convince (laughs) to cover a lot of territory. Uh, in the us and canada i think than what you tend to do in europe where you i would say it tends to be a little more centralized and a few less operating bodies to bring technology in
0: would be my opinion are you using digital tools to make sure that the track and and rail is okay
1: so we're we're using digital technology in in a couple of ways uh one way it was really a need that came out of our customers requesting this down in the uh, the Gulf region, uh, in the petrochem kind of oil and gas industry was actually a way to you know digitize this inspection information uh, that I spoke about earlier into a digital form that they could actually read and understand. Railworks went on a journey about four or five years ago and started internally developing its own software to really just respond to what our customers were asking for there's just a better way to manage that if you can imagine how we would apply that as i would call it kind of rudimentary technology but an important step in what the industry and what we were doing and then what we're doing now but effectively you still have a a an inspector a person that's walking the tracks that's taking measurements that's making observations so it's a skilled person someone that knows what they're looking for someone that knows the FRA requirements Physically walking the tracks, taking measurements, sometimes with a tape measure, using a level to cant in the tracks. As they were doing that, Um, our kind of digital tool for them is basically to send them out with an iPad instead of a pad and paper to take notes on what is a defect and what isn't, or if they're making some observations. So they can put a lot more information. They can take a digital photograph on the iPad and create that with the report, which is something that our customers really weren't getting before. Railworks recently launched in uh, November 1st of 2022 a new division, which is called Railworks Technical Services. And the intent of that is to actually do exactly what we're talking about, which is How do we find technology partners that are offering really good equipment with really good results that customers can, you know, have value added information on and how can we apply that as a service model?
0: You said something there, that individual that takes the software, he at the end of the day, he uses manual, I would say sticks and stones, but manual tools in order to measure whatever needs to be measured and and, and, uh, inspect and he needs to he or she needs to get that information and put it inside the software and you said this person needs to be trained i wonder how much time it takes to train that employee
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a good question i would say you know a lot of times it's actually more of a seasoned you call it a seasoned veteran in the field because there's so many particular pieces to look at as you're going out and walking the tracks it could be You know a degraded tie, could be a loose joint bolt, uh, could be switch point alignment, uh, could be foul ballast. There's a lot of experience that's required by the human to frankly notice all of the various different pieces that might be there. So while it sounds like it's an easy task to go walk the tracks, it's actually somebody that really knows what they're looking for and can visually kind of determine because of their experience in, in the field to you know find particular areas that are are defective or look defective enough that they then want to take a manual measurement, right? Because the reality is, is, they're not taking continuous measurements. It would take them forever to, you know, complete an inspection. So it really is a mix of visual and, to your point, sticks and stones. I like that uh, <laughs> uh, way of measuring it. But effectively, you're taking those, uh, you know, manual measurements and then inputting them into a digital tool
0: so basically the professional person who will inspect the rail will be someone who is from the industry so there's not a way that you can train from scratch that kind of individual Uh, i mean certainly you probably
1: could but it would take an awful lot of training it's usually more of a at least a few year experienced person that's been in the field knows what they're looking at probably be quite difficult to train somebody from the ground up or fresh out of school certainly it is possible certainly they could that would be a feasible thing but if you're looking for specific visual defects obviously if i were the rail owner certainly i would want somebody that's experienced that has had experience that you know, is able to pick up some of the some of the subtleties that kind of comes more with field experience than what you can really train. It's hard to train all the various different types of defects on a, you know, single single rail system, much like, you know, you witnessed with us down in, in the Dallas area, when we were working with you, you want to see certain defects, but not at all rail systems have all the defects and the next rail system may be many miles away. So to be able to train somebody effectively by its nature takes time because it's hard to find all of those defects in one particular area.
0: You've said you're exploring technologies and and that you have a whole division specifically for it. Do you think that in the next, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, we would see a complete tool that can replace this type of professional person that inspect the track?
1: I think that's the million-dollar question right there. And the reason is, and what we find, is the, the rail industry is fairly segmented. In other words, you can have somebody that's doing ground-penetrating radar, as a, for instance, on rail ties, right? Um, you can have somebody else doing LIDAR inspection. You know, you have a geometry-equipped vehicle. But these are all, like, kind of separate, if you will, services. Not in all cases, but certainly most of them. Combining of those things, the visual inspection and other technologies into a kind of single unit or single pass, I mean, I think is where everything is, let's say, starting to go. And then the next question becomes, what do you do with all the data? And certainly if you see some of the class one railroads, they have data scientists that are trying to disseminate all this data because the the amount of data is enormous. So I think it's a mix of all those things. To your, your point, yeah, will there be a time where you're able to combine these technologies and people will trust them and we'll get over some of the hurdles? Absolutely, I think the industry is heading that way. There's definitely been some uptakes in the, the tech space and it seems to be you know really generally trending that way. And I think that the industries overall are starting to see the benefit of having that particular data and being able to use it. Definitely not at the full predictive analytics piece, But it's starting to move that way. And that I think that's a better way to manage than not having that or having much more rudimentary data.
0: Very well, you've talked about your software and I'm sure that everybody would want to know if that software manages data, analyzes data. Can you share some more about uh, the insight?
1: Sure. So uh, basically what we're tracking, which is a little different than what we would have done in a, let's say, before we had inside inspection, is we're able to identify things that are critical needs now. In other words, that need to be repaired immediately, things that you know are trending in the wrong direction. And then again, this is a visual inspection, but the folks that are inspecting, they know where areas are starting to go bad that are probably going to be bad in a year from now, or they're seeing some tide degradation. It doesn't fail the inspection, but it's starting to head in the wrong direction. And then there's some other areas of to know, keep an eye on, things like this. So and this is all done GPS-based. So the next time that the inspector goes out and sees maybe a green went to yellow, you're able to see that in the report. You know, the one other difficult part for any of these particular industrial clients is how much do I budget for my rail repair this year? That can vary greatly from one year to the next because maybe... Uh, I just have a few bad ties this year, but I have a whole host of ties starting to go bad. But next year I have to replace an area of track and things like this. So maybe my capital expenditure is much larger. So what we have in the tool is a way that we can give, kind of call it rough orders of magnitude of repair costs out of the tool. And it actually helps the customer to plan out years coming. So you know, red needs to replace now, yellow probably in one to two years and it actually provides rough budgetary numbers. So that actually helps our customers plan out what their capital expenditures need to be in the future is based on what we're seeing now. What this tool does is give you a dashboard. So you can always see that information. You can see what was bad, what you repaired, what would be coming up for repair, a reminder that things need repaired, and then a rough order of magnitude budget estimate, So you can actually plan for what you need to spend next year. And you have the information that you can show as to why you need to spend it. Really just launched what we would call it the 2.0 version um, in like February, end of February, early March this year. And we've already seen uh, you know, really good uptake in it, looking to, to move that forward, add new features and functions, maybe some integration with other tools. As I mentioned before, there's a lot of great technology out there. How does the information get back and things like that? We, we think we've built a tool that we'll be able to integrate for the future and then bring in other technology components and integrate it in so they have a single dashboard, whether it be a manual inspection, it's a machine inspection but they can go to one place to log in and see all of their information, you know, captured with pictures and how the data links together.
0: Do you see any challenges with this software?
1: Uh, I think there's a couple of things and and we've made some improvements on it, but you know, uh, s- simple system integration is a challenge, right? Because the technology providers, obviously they're developing on their own base code and how the databases are formed and things like this. And obviously there's, there's certainly a system integration component that, is a challenge and i think that goes you know across the board and the offloading of information ability is challenging it's very easy to do that in a city area to have a good you know cellular modem connection or wi-fi or what have you but again if you're out in the middle of uh you know iowa or something like that um you know certainly the uh the the I, I think the nomenclature would be, can you hear me now, I think would be <laughs> rather applicable and uh, you know, uh, you, you're not able to get that kind of offload. So I, I think the data storage does become a bit of an issue and certainly we saw that even in what I would call more of our rudimentary inspection uh, software versus somebody that's doing lidar points or visual inspections it certainly becomes a bigger challenge faster um, whenever you're bringing that type of sensor technology into the
0: into the space i totally agree i want to ask and i'm not sure if you can answer but i wonder if you're planning on getting an api out so others can connect with your software
1: that is a great question so to be fair to it we don't have a published api as of yet I think we're getting there. Um, I mean, this is kind of still pretty fresh in the company. Actually, what we've done, rather exciting internally, we actually formed a technical services committee. And the, the reason for this, and you know, kind of going off what we talked about initially, we're starting to assess what are the best technological solutions, and then... Starting to work with those particular vendors that are interested in working with us with an API to come in. And how do they hook into our software? But certainly coming up in the future, that would be the goal. And then I would further say, you know, to anyone listening to the cast, we're actually happy to bring in vendors that want to bring technology to the space and give them some time in our technical service committee internally. Uh, you could call it a pitch, but it's really just showing us what you have how it's applied in the rail space and allowing our you know committee of experts basically to ask questions and see if we have an application and maybe you know it's helpful to you and the way you're viewing the marketplace um, and how you might approach it differently even from that vendor perspective. But for us, it gives us a new view of a new technology, maybe that had, not everybody has seen. And obviously from a vendor standpoint, it would, it could be a potential opportunity to, uh, you know, get some business with Railworks.
0: That's amazing. And actually very exciting. Um, <laughs> do you have any troubles getting people on, you know, walking those miles, bold miles of tracks,
1: Yes, I would say, yeah, we're definitely still experiencing, you know, labor shortage. Maybe not as bad as what it was a, a year, year, or two ago. Certainly, if somebody can get a job at Amazon in an air conditioned warehouse versus, you know, walking uh, rail, rail tracks in, you know, the eighty to ninety degree uh, sun, uh, certainly it's, you know, difficult to compete you know, in, in that labor pool, uh, and that's sometimes what we're having to compete against. I think what we're trying to do to not only keep and retain talent internal to railworks is, in fact, actually bringing some of these technology pieces in that um, the the younger folks in the industry are, are definitely much more apt to adapt to, right? Uh, they would rather use technology than manually walk as an example. Like every, all the other industries, you know, we have to adapt uh, for sure, and I think technology is a good way to do that.
0: Where do you see the industry in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years?
1: I think in the next 5 years, you truly are going to see visual like camera, vision system type inspection systems. You know, there is a lot of variables. So, but at the end of the day, the fact is any of these vision type systems, be it, you know, just camera based or laser or LiDAR based, they will continue to evolve and get smarter. So while it may be fairly rudimentary today, five years from now, the, you know, the software that's going to identify problems is going to be a lot smarter. You don't lose the original stuff that you develop, you continue to develop, and it gets better and better as it goes along. 10 years probably looks, they're fully maybe trusting of what the technology is doing, and then you more have a human coming out afterwards to do a final, you know, inspection or, you know, full identification, Uh, much like they do geometry testing today, right? So looking five, 10 years out, Yeah, I think absolutely. You're utilizing those technologies, trusting them, which is a big thing in the rail industry is starting to trust. And I I think that trust level is starting to be had. And then that, again, continues to build. The software continues to get better. And ultimately, you do have adoption of the technology probably five, five years out and then further 10 years out.
0: With the regulations as well?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, the regulations need to be updated to allow some of these things to happen. I, I think um, Point. obviously there's a lot of noise right now in the US uh, in particular on regulations. In some cases, it's been a challenge using some technological pieces of equipment that could do inspections better. Yeah, I mean, that's being looked at very seriously right now. Certainly there needs to be some updates to allow some of the technologies that we've talked about as what you would have as a you know, human inspection.
0: All right, that was the last question. And I would like to thank you for the time and uh, effort. Well, I
1: appreciate the conversation. And certainly it's something I'm, I've been passionate about my whole career. And it's an exciting future that I'm happy to see shift gears in the rail industry and, and really move towards some more uh, tech-savvy solutions. So it's probably what we're we'll to do. And
0: it'll be uh, interesting to see what the future brings. So, but I appreciate the conversation and uh, thank you for your time.